The Alabama Crops Report podcast, your trusted information source for Alabama agriculture. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of the Alabama Crops Report podcast. Scott Graham and Amanda Shear uh, behind the mics today. Amanda, how's it going? It's going pretty good. You know, just getting amped up for cotton and peanut season. Small grains are kind of in full swing and that's partly why we have our sometimes host, but now guest, Dr. Caitlin Keschheimer, our small grains entomologist today. Caitlin, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to be in the hot seat on the other side of the mic today. So glad to be here. So like you mentioned, Amanda, starting to get a little action, I guess you would say, in small grains. And and Caitlin, that's why you're here today. What's the haps? Well, the haps is we are seeing a pretty serious (laughs) Hessian fly outbreak. And I'm not laughing at the outbreak. I'm laughing at Scott's lingo here. (laughs) But we're seeing a pretty big Hessian fly outbreak that we haven't seen in a couple decades, ranging from southern Louisiana all the way to southern Georgia and including southern Alabama. And we don't usually see this. Um, If I'm on the mic for small grains, it's usually with aphids or probably yellow dwarf, Amanda, you're familiar with. Uh, But this year, we're seeing some pretty epic numbers of Hessian fly in, in wheat across the region. So, Caitlin, as you're starting to get calls and stuff for Hessian flies, what does the damage look like? What are some things that people are reporting in fields that do have Hessian fly outbreaks? So the first sign is you just have thin or weak stands in really bad infestations. You might have complete lodging in the field. If you started to fill out the grain head, it's not filling out real great or poor quality grain, certainly start looking for some Hessian fly signs at the base of the plant or cutting open stems and looking for those flax seeds. And depending on when the infestation started, if it was in the fall, you may have just completely dead plants or stunted growth, similar to barley yellow dwarf, but without the coloring and lack of aphids there. If we have a fall, if you have a spring infestation, we may have just weak stems from the feeding. But if it is really severe, then you can lead, it can lead to lodging um, and poor grain fill. Is this localized when we think about Alabama, or is it is it widespread? It's pretty widespread. We have reports from Louisiana, southern Louisiana, southern Alabama, and southern Georgia. So it seems pretty localized in the southern parts of the state, but it is across the entire southeast as far as we're seeing right now. And just for a point of reference for our listeners, you know, small grains, especially wheat, are kind of just starting to head out kind of throughout the state. You see them a little bit further along in South Alabama. And then as you kind of move north, you know, they, they're kind of at different growth stages. Um, so keeping that in mind, you know, what exactly are Hessian flies and how do they specifically damage wheat? So Hessian flies are a small mosquito-like fly. They are reddish brown in color, um, but we have lots of different flies in wheat. And so don't panic if you start to see flies in your wheat. This is a very unique fly in that the damaging life stage is the larval stage or the maggot of the fly. So the adults will be flying around, but they're not the ones causing damage. It's the larval form that's going to be in the stem or down at the base of the plant feeding away. And it could have been there as early as October or November and continuing to feed through the spring. So why do you think, Caitlin, uh, we're seeing more issues this year than we have in the last 10 or 20 years? Well, it's probably kind of a perfect storm of factors like we see with other insect pests. They really thrive in warm winters, which we've had now three in a row with the La Nina uh, phenomenon going on. And with high or above average rainfall, they can really do well. Another thing is um, in minimum or conservation tillage systems, they can overwinter and over summer 
in wheat stubble or other grain crop stubble. So all of those factors combined have, have led to where we are right now, where we're seeing a, the, the biggest outbreak in at least 10 or 20 years. One thing you said there that I think is important, and this is not fully related to this, but it is, is the warmer winter that we've just gone through. You know, And you get this question a lot, did the winter kill the bugs? We're not going to have any, you know, we're going to have less pressure this year. And in general, my answer is no. These insects are unfortunately adapted for our environments in general. But to, to steal a quote from Dr. Philip Roberts, our colleague at University of Georgia, if you look back this year, it was only cold when it was cold. You know, we had that hard freeze around Christmas where the whole state was frozen solid, basically. But other than that, and then a, a cold snap we had a couple of weeks ago, it's really been warmer than average. And so... It, we are, I'm not saying that's going to mean we're going to have higher pressures of everything this year, but it's, it could potentially impact some stuff. But I, I think that is important just to note that it got so cold there a couple of times, it felt like, man, this was a really cold winter, but it really wasn't. Yeah, and it's really important to note, too, with insects that they are cold-blooded and they can't regulate their own temperature like we can. And so when it is warmer, they are more active. And that means more feeding, more moving around, transferring from field to field, and also more reproduction. So where we we may have three or four generations in a year, if they can get started earlier, then we may be closer to five or six generations a year. And similar to a lot of other insects, they are protected in the early season wheat. So they're going to be in, in the base of the stem, protected from that weather a lot of time. And then if we have cover crops or other residue on the ground, that can even further insulate them and protect them from the, you know, the, the very few cold days that we did have. Sticking on that topic of those cold days, uh, you know, we do have some of the, the small grains crops that have seen some damage from those brief freezes. Does that make them a little bit more susceptible to the Hessian flies? Because I know in, with plant diseases, you know, just any plant stressor kind of makes them a little bit more susceptible. And we're seeing a lot of, you know, just rust diseases, spot blotch and other things. But I don't know if that really... Yeah, certainly. Anytime you, you compromise the integrity of the plant, it becomes more susceptible to insect feeding or disease. And with this pest in particular, Hessian flies, they have a really unique adaptation where they can stay in their pupil form, which is between the maggot and the adult, for weeks or even years if it's too cold. So they can just go into this hibernation state protected in the plant and survive cold weather and then reemerge as an adult and continue reproducing when the weather warms up. And as far as, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as when the infestation occurs, it was before those cold snaps, right? It's, yeah, absolutely. It's really early in the year when they're depositing those eggs and developing. So they're, they're in there regardless. Yeah, we do see adult flights and egg laying in October, November in certain areas. And then once those eggs hatch, those really young larvae will crawl down to the base of the plant, start feeding and burrow into that stem. And they will do that for anywhere from two to four weeks, depending on the temperature, and then they'll turn into that pupal form. Um, but they're extra protected. So if you've seen a Hessian fly pupa, they're also called flaxseed because they use their skin from the larval form to make this kind of extra warm coat that they can hang in at the bottom of the base, uh, the base of the plant. And then when it's warm enough after that cold snap, they can come out as adult. And we'll, we've seen that in now um, this early spring, the adults are moving 
sitting around and laying eggs, and so you can have an additional infestation from the next generation in the spring. Can diseases do stuff like that? They're not that cool, I guess, in terms of that. But, you know, you do get, like, you know, secondary inoculum spread. So you have the primary spread come in, and then as it, you know, progresses throughout the plant canopy, it spreads from plant to plant. But not quite in terms of all those different growth stages. And one thing I thought was interesting, Caitlin, when you were describing, you know, when they first started moving in, you know, with something with barley yellow dwarf and aphids, you know, most of those insecticide sprays have to be done kind of in the fall or winter. So is there anything that producers can do now if they are seeing damage? damage due to hessian fly? Unfortunately, no. Um, Because that larval or pupil form is protected in the plant, we are going to be targeting the adults with insecticide applications, which we do see some um, effective control in the fall. But right now, there are no spring rescue treatments of foliar insecticides that are going to be worth any um, money that you're putting into it because you're not going to get any control. And so unfortunately, right now, the best thing producers can do is to check their fields, note the variety, and start planning for fall of 2023. You know, I've heard our weed scientist, Steve Lee, talk about getting calls to fields with just overrun by weeds. And his he said his recommendation is, call me next year and we'll figure something out. With that in mind, like you were just saying, what are some things that people who have Hessian fly outbreaks this year can do thinking for next year? Yeah, so the most effective and cost-effective thing you can do is varietal selection. We do have a resistant gene that works against Hessian fly, but because it is only one gene, we often do see them overcome that resistance. And so local varieties here in Alabama that are resistant that work might be different than what you'd plant in Louisiana versus Georgia. And so the best thing you can do is talk to us with Extension, talk to me, talk to our agronomists, our plant breeders, and we have recommendations for the best resistant varieties for your region and planting that at the appropriate time in the fall is gonna be your best control method. We also have recommended planting dates and you may have heard the term Hessian fly free date because the earlier you plant, you do have more issues with Hessian fly but also with aphids and barley yellow dwarf because there's more time in the fall for those insects to be feeding and moving around and reproducing on the plants. Just adding in a plug for uh, our variety selection platform, it's a great opportunity for producers, not only with small grains, but other crops as well, to see how those varieties kind of perform in those areas. And we do have several OVT trials with small grains that are going to go into the database from this year in South and Central and even North Alabama. And so that can be an excellent tool for producers to try and see which ones kind of do in those areas. Yeah, absolutely. And I know um, across the region, a lot of our breeding trials and variety trials are where the damage was first reported. And so we'll have all those updated information ready to go out when producers start planting in fall of this year. Another thing on that is, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just a cotton entomologist, but these hessian flies, as you mentioned, they can stay in the flaxseed stage for years. And so they can survive after harvest, all that kind of stuff in the stubble. So if you do have fields that had significant hessian fly pressure, maybe consider doing at least some light tillage in those fields, turning over, trying to kill those flaxseed stage that way. Plowing the, the wheat stubble under is a great way to kill those uh, puparium or flaxseed, like you said. Um, burn down is 
moderately effective, but they can still survive underneath the soil line. And so, yeah, plowing or disking your field under is going to be that great effective method to do that over the summer and rotating out of wheat. If you have a continuous wheat and you plant into wheat stubble, say with your cotton or your beans after that, they can certainly survive until the next year. And so tillage and crop rotation are going to be your best friends in this case. Are there any other crops that are susceptible to hessian flies? Yeah, so wheat is definitely their favorite, but they can infest triticale, barley, and rye but we don't see infestations in oats or white ryegrass. And so those are going to be a safe bet if you are coming out of a major hessian fly infestation in your other grain crops. As far as we know, we don't see any sort of patterns with uh, infestations worse at the edge of the field. But if you see lodging, certainly go into that plant, pull it up, look at the base, cut open the stem and see if you see those flax seeds. And with the infestations we're seeing this year, chances are you'll see several different pupa in the same plant. And so look for those tiny little reddish brown flaxseed looking like puparia that are waiting to turn to adults and come out and start the next generation. And and you know, part of what I've been hearing about it is it, it seems like it's typically gonna be in fields that were planted around the same time. It's gonna be more likely in fields that are the same variety. Yeah, if you have wheat and you haven't been checking it this spring, I'd recommend go take a look. And if you see some poor stands, you might have suspected poor fertilization or disease and double check and, and cut open those those stems and looks for look for some flax seeds. And if you have questions, then um, I'll be happy to chat with, with people about uh, variety selection and strategies that they can do so we don't run into this problem next year. All right, Caitlin. Well, thanks for the information today. Enjoyed uh, chatting with you. Uh, hopefully, you know, we're helping somebody out there. And again, I'd, I'd like to just remind one more time at this point in the year, insecticides do nothing for this pest in particular. So let's, let's don't spray because we have an infestation of, of hessian flies. There's nothing we can do. As always, if we can ever be of any help, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. And, and I'd like to thank our listeners for uh, listening to us. So with that, we'll sign off and be looking for another episode coming soon. The Alabama Crops Report podcast is a production of the Alabama Cooperative Extension System and is sponsored by Alabama Ag Credit.